0: Welcome back everybody to the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. It's episode 152. We have reached April of 2019. By the way, Jake, yeah. do you sometimes wonder if I plan out what I'm going to say as we're going live? Because I always have a little like thing where I'm like, and it's April, and it's episode blah blah blah, or like, and Jake just got back from Florida, Or, um,
1: so I do wonder sometimes, and usually I, it's funny because I always have this moment, I think I've talked about this before, when you're saying your opening thing, I always have this like, it's not panic, panic is the wrong word, but I always have this thing where I'm like, when he throws it to me, I'm not going to have anything to say. I
0: make it up in the moment. Yeah, that's what I do too. When you literally, I'm just like, what? Oh, it's April. April. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's what I imagined. I think I. Oh, I thought you had like maybe a loose idea. Sometimes it's loose. Like I know I wanted to bring up Florida last week. What a way to start the episode, though, Jake. Holy Dude, we're, shit! We're breaking down the fourth wall. Oh, I we feel really like we're both are. Calm. We just had some good pizza. Good pizza. Okay, so that's gonna be an interesting one in our rankings.
1: Yeah, we went to Vintage Pizza in Manchester, New Hampshire. I'll <laughs> that just is a throw free plug. To... Yeah. Uh, Go there.
0: Pay us in pizza, please. Oh, that'd be nice. Anyways. It's episode 152. We're into April. We have gotten through a quarter of the year already, which gonna, seems crazy. I'm going to ask you something about April. Yeah. And just, like, I want to see if this makes any sense to okay, you. Okay, probably won't.
1: Probably won't. Are there any two months that seem further apart but are actually really close than April and June?
0: Oh, that's a gr- that's a great one. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I really do. I agree with you. Like, and June and
1: August feel like kissing cousins. <laughs> They're further apart. I, They're not. I It's agree. the
0: same distance. I agree. No one that I know is better for an analysis of the months of the year than you. <laughs> or of calendars. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one is better at that but, than isn't you. Isn't that true, though? It's true. We are... So, like, even October and June feel closer, weirdly, than think, April and June.
1: Think about... Think about... Like, I'm trying to think of what the weirdest one would be. All the Tobers feel similar. Like... What's your favorite Tober. October. It's my favorite month. Name
0: another Tober. September. Or, there's no other Tober. Exactly. Tember Tober. (laughs) (laughs)
1: The Um, Burr months.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Okay, Jake, speaking of the months of the year, um, we need some kind of transition. Some news this week. Speaking of June. Speaking of June, yes, we have a new album coming out from one of my favorite bands, Titus Andronicus. Yeah. This is their follow-up to last year's A Productive Cough, which was, I think, a departure sound-wise than what Titus Andronicus had mostly done, which was really kind of more aggressive punk rock. Yeah. A Productive Cough was more in the line of a Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan kind of classic rock feel.
1: Yeah, and it was... I think the title was appropriate, right, in terms of where it fits in in their discography. We talked a lot about that then... Um, Yes. This felt like kind of a clearing of Patrick Stickle's throat. Yeah.
0: And like all, then like five, six songs came out, a full length album. (laughs) A productive cough. Yeah. So this new one coming out on June 21st is called The Obelisk. I think it's called An Obelisk. Oh, yes, it is. In Obelisk. I think so. Yeah. And it's interesting because... So there was a really good story in Stereo Gum. It was a, a piece on Patrick Stickles and kind of this next phase of Titus Andronicus. And uh, he mentioned something about how putting the in front of your, your album title is kind of like presumptuous. And putting a or an in front of it is actually like a better way to present like an idea
1: I'm here for that analysis I I, I, do you feel similar about band names um how do you feel about the band names like it was very in vogue in the 60s you almost can't hold it against those bands but I feel like it has become it's a marker of like a slightly lame thing now to do a the thing I feel like you're right like what? Well, there's it's the like,
0: national, but, but like they like started a, that band in 1999. It's
1: also kind of a play. It's not like they're not the the
0: plural noun. Yeah, that's true. That is, so it kind of flips on its head. And I think of a band like Pixies. Who it's, it's like, like you you'd think it'd be the Pixies. It's not. It's yeah. just Pixies. But
1: the cool thing since the 90s has been to just be. Just Plural noun. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. We are but,
0: plates. Uh, <laughs> Titus Andronicus, and more specifically, Patrick Stickles. So this, it's interesting because this will now be Titus Andronicus' sixth album, I think it is. They're really putting together a career, and by they I mean Patrick Stickles. Because um, you really, give the rest of the band none of that? I mean, like... I think he's had people filter in and out of that band. It's mostly like his Has he really? Okay, so yeah, I don't even know that. As far as I know. Um, but he talked a lot in this stereo gum piece about how this last Titus Andronicus album, A Productive Cough, was he, he said he almost needed to like reset the audience's expectations of what a Titus album could be. And going with that more like barroom you know, classic rock feel yeah, was yeah. a way to do that. And he said it was a really interesting quote that I want to I want to find in here actually, where he. Uh, talked I have a to, comment
1: if you're looking for it.
0: Yeah, I actually I have it right now okay, okay. where he, you know he was talking about like these epic albums he's put out like the Monitor or the Most Lamentable Tragedy, and he's like, right now I'm thinking more in terms of constructing an era rather than a single big chunk of something. Which is why it's important for us to be following up the previous one so like so quickly. Where Interesting. What do you mean by an era? Like, this is a new era of, like, Titus where it's like... They're not... He's not trying to put out, like, the Monitor 2.0. He's or, trying to string something
1: he's together. He's trying to be
0: like... This is, like, kind of a new phase of... He's like, you know, maybe I'll get back to writing stuff like that. But right now, I'm trying to just put together... Like, string some shit together that is, like... All different but cohesive ideas. Like a productive cough, he's meaning to be like of a piece with an obelisk.
1: That's really interesting, man. I think Patrick Sickles, the way it seems to me, is that he, as far as musicians go, is one of the best in terms of like meta-musicianing. Very thoughtful about the arc of his career. He's so aware of that in a way that I think actually many musicians like would find off-putting or, like, would not want to do or, like, would be unwilling to actually engage with. And I think it takes a different kind of analytical mind. It's actually really interesting when people who are very analytical get that creative, like, thing. Because it sometimes feels like it's not totally a pairing that you see that much. It seems like with him it's really there. And he's able to be doing his career but also saying, this
0: is what I want our career to be doing like he's speaking yes. to the trajectory into the catalog and what's really interesting too is he ended up getting this guy i think his name's bob mold yeah. uh to produce this album and this guy's a lot of cred from what he, I yeah and like stickles is a big fan of him and he was basically saying like i wanted to work with this guy because he's carved out a career and is still doing it now like it, i think he's in his 60s now or something or pretty close to it And he was just saying, like, who better than to, like, get advice on, you know, carving out different phases of a career and taking an audience kind of on a journey. Patrick Stickles really seems to care about getting, like, his message across, too. Where he's, like, he sets out on every album to, like, tell a story. And he was kind of talking about this one where he's, like, the ideas that are on this album, An Obelisk, actually predate a productive cough. A lot of these songs do. And he's, like... This album is actually all thoughts that I've already worked through and gotten to the place where I'm at now, but I wanted to like put this out there as kind of like that process of figuring it out, which I think is fascinating.
1: It is, man. It's really interesting. He is a fascinating guy, and they're a very, very
0: interesting band. And he seems like he's in a much better place now. Mentally? Yeah, because I remember reading some of the press for, uh, I think it was Most Lamentable Tragedy when that came out. I read a lot of stories. And he was talking about like his struggles with bipolar disorder yeah. and how he'll go through depressive stages and then manic stages where he's like, usually a new project will come out of like a manic stage. Which is really interesting. Um, and Yeah, so like it just seems like he's doing a little bit better with everything right now, which is good. So I'm excited for this. There was a single that came out with it called I Blame Society, which is very much in line with some of the more fast-paced, aggressive punk rock songs that Titus is known for. Uh, So I'm excited to hear more from, I I think, one of the more interesting bands. And I I think Titus is a band who doesn't necessarily need to be putting out great records for them to matter, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think A Productive Cough was necessarily, like, a great album just on its own music-wise. No. But I think the conversations... It's, that came out of it were very interesting yeah
1: it, it's sort of akin to a less blown out of proportion father john misty yes. thing, where it's like a big part of every album with him is what's the press cycle right what's he saying in interviews um and i feel like you have to be a little more in the know to like which sounds uppity to say but it's like you you have to be an active music fan of a certain scene yes to know that, like, okay, when Titus comes out with a new album, like, read the press on yeah. what Stickles is saying this time.
0: Yes, um,
1: it's a similar vibe to that
0: because that, that's as much a part of it as the actual music is. How, is how, how much, he contextualizes I, it.
1: I'm interested in this because you know you, you said several times already that you how excited you are and how big a fan you are. I, I also like Titus Andronicus. I'm not as big a fan as you are. Not even. I don't even say that in a negative way. I just no. Mean I know. That, yeah. Like you really really love this band yeah. um, with. How much of it is that? Like, how much of it is you're looking forward to the, to read about it? Because it feels like it's almost like an intellectual
0: exercise. That's my favorite thing about this band. I yeah. think I actually think Patrick Stickles is a genius. Yeah. Like lyrical genius and just like the way he thinks about. I, like I think he's a genius. I just like. His perspective on things, yeah. I guess, is, is interesting to me even more so than the music because he, I agree and, with and, that he and he brought up a really good point. He's like, rock music is just the medium I pick to like get my message out there, and he's like, sometimes I think that gets over. Like, he's like, I don't want what I'm saying to be overshadowed by the music, and he's like, that's why on this last album we wanted to do like a strip back tour. Because I didn't want people to be thinking that like Titus Andronicus shows were just like a place to go like mosh. And he's like, that's not like what this band is or what I'm trying to do. He's
1: yeah, it does never seem like he's interested in that. Um And you know, like there's masterpieces in there 100 like the monitor. Yeah, I love. Um, But there always, I think I've I've picked up on that as well without even reading as much as I think you have. Or it does feel like this dude for him it sort of begins and ends with lyrics yeah. and he might have a good musical idea here or there and he might he might he's a pretty good songwriter it's like but musically it's usually pretty much like you kind of know what you're getting
0: yeah oh 100% and like he'll have some you know decent melodies or hooks in there but it's not about that it really no. isn't like dude did you happen to listen to the EP they put out at the end of last year the home alone on halloween uh, EP i uh, did once and it had that like 16 minute song on yeah. it yeah. like that's a great example of, like, why I think that dude's a genius. Was that song on its own, like, anything that special? No, but the lyrics were fucking awesome. And there was, like, enough of a melody or a hook throughout that 16 minutes to keep you being, like, fuck yeah. yeah. But, like, he, it's pretty straightforward stuff, you know, for the most
1: part. More or less. And it's, like, it, it, it's definitely a mood that you can get. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's like kind of like this... I always like in and Titus Andronicus to so like the closest thing I'll ever like to like kind of like Irish sounding punk. Mm, Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not all that way, but especially on the monitor, he does stuff yeah. that I think verges toward like what I imagine flogging Molly is all about. Oh,
0: there's stuff on uh, Most Lamentable Tragedy that's like that too. They actually cover um, a Pogues song on there. Pogues too. So yeah. Like yeah, I, I really like this band. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited too. Another news item for you, Jake. Before we get to hot thoughts, which should be actually really interesting. Also uh, excited for this. Me too. Yeah, new Big Thief single came out today. It's called Cattails. I don't know if you've got a chance to listen to I it did. yet. Yeah, it's right really before Really good. Over. Some like nice folk rock music.
1: Yeah, this one is like. It's funny I mentioned Irish, but this one reminded me of like kind of a traditional folk kind of like song. Like it yeah. had the it had just sort of this repeating structure. Yeah. Um, Really liked it. Like it's really pretty, and the the, the the I like the way the chords move in the song. I mean, this and UFOF two nice so little so far two for two. UFOF um, is one of my favorite songs of the
0: year. We are quickly, and we're gonna get into this in a little bit, Jake. When we talk about twenty ten stuff, twenty nineteen shaping up to be a real year. It feels like a lot of these artists and bands are like, all right. I of course they're not thinking this way. In my brain, in my structured brain, I'm like, oh they want to get like good stuff in before the end of the decade so they can like be accounted for in like, what it meant to put out music in the 2010s. Maybe
1: maybe like a Patrick Stickles would. I feel like right. there's a lot of artists who are not. I agree. You <laughs>
0: but, like, that's how I'm thinking no, about I, I it. No, I totally but Getting get it in right under the wire.
1: It is interesting. And it has been a very potent year of music. Which we, we Let's just dive into Hot let's Thoughts. Let's dive he in. Is, I don't have many thoughts about Cattails. So... How about this Billy? Is it Billy Eilish? Billy
0: Eilish.
1: How about this album, Sean? This 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 pop album. Uh, what is it? When we fall, As-
0: when all we all fall asleep. asleep, where do we go? Yeah. Um. This is a fascinating, fascinating artist topic album press cycle. You name it. It's interesting. So Billy Eilish came into my awareness last week. I think on like Wednesday or Thursday, there was a bunch of stories that came out. About Billie Eilish on Stereo Gum Pitchfork, all across the internet. It was a big kind of press push to be like, oh, this is the new face of pop. Like, the new generation of pop music is here with Billie Eilish. And a lot of the stories were like, you've probably never heard of her. Unless you're a 17-year-old blah, blah, blah. And it was like this guy who was like, oh, yeah, like, I only knew her because of my daughter. Who was obviously a big fan and, like, all this stuff. So, she has, like millions and millions of streams already on spotify yeah very very popular with a certain demographic it seems like with the release of this album this past week she's been presented to like the wider musical world as like this is somebody who matters they're capital i important right now yeah so i ended up listening to this album and i didn't really give it that close of a listen on on my first time around because i was like ah it's just like this new pop album like whatever like i just want to know what it's about Listen to it. A couple songs I actually really liked from it the first time through. But I was like, okay, that, you know, new pop, like, star my ass, basically. Where I was like, okay, like, this doesn't matter so much. But it got me thinking more about how, for maybe one of the first times, Jake, we're aging out of being the generation of people Who's like we're the up and coming generation?
1: Okay, yeah. I so I have a whole thought about that exactly. Okay, so
0: that's like what I think is really interesting about Billie Eilish is so, like she is now like the face of this next generation almost.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have okay a couple takes on that. One, I'm just gonna say about the album. For as I hit the mic, mm. I'm gonna say about the album first. I actually really like it. I've listened twice. I've been really enjoying it. So, so I, I, leave that aside.
0: Let, let me append. Let me just final thought on like the actual album. I went back and listened today for the second time. Thought it was a lot more interesting because I actually gave it a close listen. I think
1: the stuff she's doing with vocal manipulation is really cool on it. The way she's yeah. using effects on her voice. Yeah. I think the
0: songs are there. There's like
1: cool hooks on this album. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to go back to it. I'm liking it. Two things. We're now a two generations past being older than the youngest big pop star. Because you remember this happened with Lord with us while we were in college. Lord, it was this whole thing where it was like she was born in nineteen ninety six, dude. She's seventeen, dude. And we were like, wow, like okay, we're in our like early twenties. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that someone this young is making music now. Billie Eilish comes along; she was yeah. born at the end of two thousand one. Yeah, and she's making this music. There's that. So that, and then there's the larger societal point that I actually I had this thought, and it connects with what you were saying, which is I was thinking the other day, like at what point are we the generation that like makes the decisions and stuff and like is really like is like now there's a couple generations below us that are like they're making the fun music right they're doing the cool stuff right they're a little younger (laughs) they've got time before they're really responsibility the rubber hits the road with that like when is it our generation's turn we're getting real
0: close we're really close we're getting really close and And I got I thought of this the other day and got like scared so couple things off (laughs) off of your point yeah I was having a conversation with big friend of the pod, Kara, about this whole generational thing. And it seems like to me, there. I, I actually completely lost that thought because I was thinking about the second piece of this, which was the Lord comparison. You were
1: talking about generations and, like, when is it our, the, the responsibility upon our generation to, like,
0: take the helm? And oh, like... oh, yes. So These I sh- actually think. I brought this point up that I think this generation, the people who are like in their late teens right now, are like just hitting college, like my little sister's generation basically, is actually the best equipped to handle the problems that we're facing now. They're already hyper aware of global warming. They were born into, they didn't know a world where 9-11 wasn't a thing. Right. So they have just always grown up with the internet and computers and technology. Now, I think on one hand, this is going to like break their brains in some way, but maybe not because they've always just they've always known it. I think it's also going to make them smarter in some ways because they're like for as long as I've ever been alive, I've needed to account for like a representation of myself on social media and what that means, but also like there's this real me and then there's who I am with like my friends and like It's like this multi-layered way of thinking that I think is maybe going to start reflecting itself in music and art in a lot of ways.
1: Because we, so for anyone who's listening who has never heard the podcast before or know anything about us. How dare you,
0: first of all. Yeah,
1: first of all, uh, wow. (laughs) That hurts both of us deeply. Second of all, so we were born, we are both born in 1992. And I think this is an interesting time to be born because... We have this like little glimmer of pre internet innocence, mm-hmm. that I think we can both remember, mm-hmm. or at least we can remember the feeling of the internet going from really not there right. to emerging to like, okay, this is kind I'm of part. St- of, st- this is kind of part of my life. To this, like, is my life, right? And we wouldn't have jobs without it.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
1: the internet, like, literally is, true. It like, you no, know, it literally. It's is true. literally true. There's nothing. I I don't do a single thing for work all day that's not on the internet. Yeah. Basically, yeah. That doesn't use web connection. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Um, and But the, the generation after, right, they're just, that's never right. been a thing. I think it comes across, it, it is interesting to think, you know, um, with this Billie Eilish album, as far as the generation thing goes, it's like there's a part of me that's like, whoa, I am feeling like a little old here. Like, I'm liking this yeah. music. I like it. I can enjoy it for that. But on the first song, I'm gonna be totally honest. There's this fir- the first song, she's saying
0: some stuff that's like very sexually suggestive. About like fucking dads and stuff, right? Yeah. Or was that another song? I don't like, know. Like I'll seduce your dad.
1: Something like that. And she was, and she's 17, man. And I was like, I don't really know how I feel about totally engaging with this.
0: Like is, well, does that yeah, feel
1: appropriate?
0: I, I think um when it and, and this is like a larger conversation, I think, just about like
1: who or I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like, I it, do. It feels I like do. an overreaction. No, I, I know. But I, I know also had this mean. thought where I was like, sh- she's underage. <laughs> right. Like right. No, I, I know. I know that's crazy, but I also had this thought where I was like, pop stars societally seeming are like exempt from that. Yeah, what's up with People that? People don't, like, there's not a, we don't as a society think like, she shouldn't be seeing that. It's like, oh, she's but the wasn't newest. wasn't Britney Spears like 14, 15, 16 when like. Probably. She got like huge? Probably. Yeah, something like that. It's weird. It's strange, and like I think there's, uh, I mean, like the whole album isn't like that, but like
0: no, but I know what you mean, and I think like I was saying, it, it lends itself to a larger conversation about just like are we the ones who are just getting older, and like us even interacting with this music now yeah. is kind of out of step with like where we're at.
1: That's what I'm saying. Is it's like it's I'm not saying that anything she is singing about is wrong because right. it's her experience, but yeah, it's like the, as much as i was enjoying the album and being like okay like i actually can get down with this i'm enjoying this there was a part of me that it felt like in a very strange way that i realize is not totally rational sort of indecent listening to it
0: yeah i think um well the other piece of this too for me at least is like all this press that had come out beforehand is already like painting a picture and almost telling you what to think about this before you even do so when i went into the listen I already had this narrative in my brain about uh, all of this and I wasn't actually able to I think I enjoyed it less that first listen because of because all of that. the other stuff.
1: So can we talk about that thing, which is like how kind of sick I think we've talked about it with pop stars before. Um on, on on his podcast, Simmons references the lap with sports. Yeah. Like the year in, year out, all the different events we do in sports every year. Right. Feels like there's a broader one for music, Yeah. and it involves, like you're saying, the new pop star yeah. comes in, yeah. and the media writes all this stuff about them. When you've seen the lap run a few times, mm-hmm. you can grow a little weary well, of that's what the I the approach. That's what I mean about and how this exploitative
0: it is of these people. Is we are now getting to the age where we see that all we see the cycle for what it is. Like we aren't getting swept up in the yeah. hype. We're now just like, oh, I see the hype over here. And I see, like, the actual music and artist here. Yeah. And we're learning how to, like, hold those two things beside each other. Well, it's really
1: interesting. And I think it actually is in some ways, like, a more healthy way to view it. Because I, I actually, like, I didn't read anything about this beforehand. I just didn't really hear about her. I think I just missed the boat. And so I saw you listen to it. And I was like, I'll pop it on, see what it's all about. And I, I liked it. And then yeah. I then I did some reading. I was like, right. oh, I see what she is. What's another interesting thing that I want to say is like how interesting is it that the artist who is so, like young from a few years ago, Lord, has so obviously influenced younger artists already. Okay, that, this is like that's
0: another thing I wanted to talk so about. So indebted to Lord, the parallels to Lord here are really interesting. Not even just musically, which I think there's definitely stuff here that is. But even just, like, the narrative or the hype, like, both 17 when, like, they really hit it big. Although, I guess Billie Eilish had been popular for, like, a couple years already beforehand. But still, um, it's going to be interesting to see how an artist like Billie Eilish, who who seems to have her own vision for things and isn't just some, like, you know, pretty face to put on, like, a pop song. It's, like, it seems like, you know, she works with her brother um, they both seem to be, like, pretty musically talented and, like, they're doing interesting stuff. It's going to be interesting to see, like, what next step she takes. Yeah. And if she goes kind of, like, full pop star or if she's, like, I'm going to take this other path or what. Because I think, you know, we've seen with Lord, she's kind of gone down almost this, like, Kate Bush-ish path where she's, like, I have a real artistic vision but I'm still going to put it into, like... These banger pop songs—it's like, but but still like highbrow pop songs.
1: What what I, what I find interesting too is like, Lord has influenced this whole generation of pop stars. There's so many female pop stars that do the Lord vocal thing, which is I'm not gonna do an imitation. Of but like, what can you describe it? it? It's what Billie Eilish is doing on this album. It's oh, what Halsey. Just like, does. Oh, okay, yeah. Halsey does yeah, it. Yeah, it's this breathy yeah, sort of okay. like delivery that's like. Halfway between a sing and a whisper. Right. And there's a certain enunciation. It's 21 of Savage
0: uh, whisper rapping. Right, right, but it's Lord. <laughs> it's like uh, the
1: yeah. people. there's singers do Lord now. Like, like right. for a while, I think singers did Britney Spears and she probably imitated other people. It's interesting to see that happening. Right. And I feel like you hear a lot of young women sing, try to sing like
0: Lord because Lord a has point. a very distinctive way of singing. Yeah. And I feel like it's all over this album. Oh, for sure. Sound wise. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, really, really interesting. I think the conversation around like this next generation, Jake, is really, really interesting, and how that's sort of just pushed on you by music blogs. Um, it's crazy, but yeah, another hot thought for you, Jake. Um, this is just a quick one. This new EP by the band Caracara, Cara. It's the Better EP. This is a band we got into late twenty seventeen fall. With uh, Summer Megalith, Summer Megalith, good, really good album that kind of came out of nowhere. I went back to this a few weeks ago. Yep, it holds up. Yeah. it's really good. It's a
1: very interesting album for what I thought it was at the time, which is like I kind of lumped it into the emo thing. It's like more than that. It's definitely though. more. It's a it's a it's like kind of like an it's a true alternative rock album yeah. with all
0: kinds of weird shit thrown in. So this new one, this better EP, is highlighted. Uh, the, so the single. Better is kind of like the anchor of this. Um we'll go ahead. Which is a great great song. I think all three of the songs in here are actually awesome. They are just kind of that more like they're all straight ahead rock songs but in slightly different ways. Yep. Um they're all doing like a piece of what makes Karakara Kara a cool band.
1: Yeah, th- I agree with that take actually, and I, I was going to say that I think "Better" the song "Better" is one of the, uh, the the straight up like poppiest things they've done in terms of that yeah. hook, that "Better" hook.
0: Yeah, there's great lyrics on that on that song in general too. There's a line that really got me where it was like, "Are you good to drive? You're in a state." the hometown script is I'm okay. I'm sticking yeah. to the old highways. Like, I was like, fuck,
1: like that was, that's like real right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, 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 oh shit. Um, hitting the table. I've hit the microphone and the table it's tonight. It's an exciting podcast. It's been, Dude, it's, it's, it's titillating. <laughs> I feel very, uh I, I feel very excited. So yeah, Cara Cara is like, to me, they seem like a band who is doing definitely like interesting stuff. And like, um, it seems like they have a sound, but there's different air- arenas they explore yeah. within the realm of that sound. Different kind of things they do. I've been enjoying this EP for sure, and like I, I think this is a cool band to watch. Me too. It sure. seems like
0: I mean everything they've put out so far has been really good. Actually, they're yeah, you know, it has. like they're batting a thousand basically right yeah. now. If you like this sound, um, yeah. I'm excited for a follow up album here uh, from them. So. Those are the two releases we've been kind of thinking about this past week, Jake. But like I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're a quarter of the way through the year so far. So we've made it through quarter one. What are the five or so records that stand out to you the most so far? Or like, what are a handful of your favorites? Don't need to rank them in any way. Just what are some that have stood out to you? So,
1: you know what we can do? Because I think a lot of our lists are similar here. We could like each take one... Yeah. Because I think we have a lot of similar ones. So I I can start and say that one that made both of our lists is Quiet
0: Signs by Jessica
1: Pratt. Absolutely.
0: We talked about that one a lot. Like, I think that's maybe just my favorite of this year so far. Yeah,
1: it's definitely the most listened to for me. Yeah,
0: so Quiet Signs has been up there. Um, Better Oblivion Community Center has been up there. The, The Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst Project. Yep. Uh, Sharon Van Etten is another one. Remind me tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I know you had that on your list too. Yep,
1: another that we both included on our list. And when I was including it, I I was sort of surprised how quickly I jumped to do it, which is the Solange album. When I get home, that's
0: a great point. I I, I did too. I was like, oh yeah,
1: that that needs to be there. That has stood out this year. Because I gotta say, like, there's a few songs that have made playlists for me that have been like, Bins is in there. Yep. Um, is it Aldima? Yeah. Um, or Almeida Almeida whatever it is and there's another one that I'm, I'm, I'm My Skin My Logo not that one there's another one I'm gonna forget the name um, it, whatever it is um, but they've like snuck their way into my best not snuck they deserve it they're on my best songs of the year playlist and I listen to that playlist some on the flights I've been on in the past yeah. couple months I'm like alright like Bins especially, Bins I'm always. Here I love for that
0: just nonstop hi hat.
1: Yeah, I'm you gonna know? go back to to listening to that album in full soon. Another that's on here that we both have is the Helado Negro* album. I love that album. This, this is, is how, how you
0: smile. smile. Hey, yeah.
1: Jake, what's up?
0: <laughs> um, another one for me is uh, *Gonna Dripper Drown* too, Jake. So Hell yeah, that's dude. actually. I was looking through my last FM plays. It's among my most listened to albums that have come out this year. Dude,
1: you know what? Like you you're you're drip you, you you drip, man.
0: I don't drown. That's you, for you certain. You certainly don't. Like no. what are you
1: going to do? You there's two options. I'm not going to drown. Gonna lay the two options before us. I chose my path. Dude, you're over she here chose his too. You're over here above water. And we ain't drown. You're safely up on the dock. The That's rest right. of us are like I'm dri- I'm dripping you. down onto all of you. Help us <laughs> <laughs> One that made my list that's a relatively recent one is the, the Jenny Lewis album On The Line. Yeah. I have more to say
0: about this later. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I also threw that Girlpool album on here, What Chaos Is Imaginary. Yeah, you know what's funny is like I thought about doing that because
1: Lucy's... Is it Lucy's or Lucy's... What's that song called? The first track. Mm, I think, something
0: with a name Lucy in it. I think it. it's Lucy's,
1: like, like possessive yeah.
0: noun. Yeah. Um,
1: I really like that song, and I like a couple others on it. Haven't been back to the full thing in I haven't forever. been back either,
0: but I still I still really enjoyed it.
1: Uh, one I threw on here, um, and I've only listened a handful of times, but I, I I think it just made a real mark, is Dave with yeah, Psycho... uh very memorable. Psychodrama, I put here, but I think it's Psychotherapy.
0: Is it Psychodrama? Oh, uh, Psychodrama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Um the last one for me, Jake. Uh, this Hand Habits album yeah. placeholder. This is actually my most listened to, really, of the of the year so far. I love this album.
1: Yeah, it's really really good, and I had a nice little run with it. And I think I got distracted by a few others. And when I saw it on your list, I was like, oh yeah, like yeah. I, I gotta like spend some more time with that Hand Habits uh, yeah, album. Really, it good. is really good. Uh, let me see on my
0: list. I Think that was it. Uh, James Blake. Oh, James four. Blake. Assume four. solid. I I you know, I've been going back to that. More than I thought I would, or certain songs from it, I guess. Me too. Have just been in the rotation. Yeah, so. uh,
1: some songs have been in the rotation, and it's a good listen. I like when I again when I was flying, I popped the whole thing on because like this will be a good like yep. reading album.
0: Yep, it's really really good. Man. It is. There's like no blemish on it. No, there's nothing where Super I'm like solid. oh, this track. Right. No, it's all very very solid. Uh, strong quarter one, Jake. Good Q1. Earnings were strong through, Dude, through quarter one. I,
1: the listeners. Can't see this. And it's a shame. But we're both, Sean and I are both in in oversized shirts, like like, like button-up shirts with suspenders. The shirts are both billowing over our belts, (laughs) over our pants. And we have like long pointing sticks and we're pointing to a cartoon graph that's just (laughs) trending way up. Huge With
0: spikes, dollar signs around
1: yeah. it. It's, it's, you know what? Like, we got to think about streaming this podcast because <laughs>
0: turning it into a visual one. The yeah. sheer
1: visuals of what is like going on right now in the
0: studio that is your apartment, people are really missing out. Uh, okay, Jake, let's get into our think piece discussion. Uh, all throughout 2019, we are doing a 2010s in review segment. Uh, my. 2010s in review. I want to talk about cloud nothings this week, Jake. In my opinion, one of the best rock bands under the
1: radar of the entire decade. Let me just let me just clear something up so that it's I don't worry about it during the segment. Okay. When you're saying my, there's no defensiveness there where you think I don't
0: like them. Is there? Oh no 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 okay, no, no, no 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 good, no good. no. Okay. See, Jake, this is this is what we talked about before show of thinking. Things mm-hmm. and how they actually make you feel. See how I clarified yes, that? Yes, you Just did. Right that out was of the very game. responsible yeah. of you. Had a
1: breakthrough in therapy. That's
0: awesome. That I'm very happy there to you hear go. that. Paying dividends for the podcast. But yeah, Cloud Nothings. They're a band who's actually been around since 2010. So for this entire decade, they've been putting out music. And this band has been a mainstay for us since 2012 when we got into them with uh Attack on Memory, which was really a kind of their breakthrough album. Um, and I remember getting into that early 2012. We both really enjoyed that album and have since always enjoyed the records that they've put out. Yeah, very um, solid all the way through. And I was thinking it'd be fun to do a top 10 songs list for this band, for both of us. Because like, they've put out now, what is it, six albums? Yeah, they've
1: they've put out a really solid catalog. It seems like Dylan Baldy is... Someone who really has a, a vision for what he's oh, doing yeah. and is like very prolific as a songwriter. And and I, I, did we ever talk about this before? Because I, I had this thought earlier and it, it, it seemed to ring a bell. And it's not totally true, but I think it's funny to apply this to them. You know how they say directors do one for them, one for us? Yeah. Like there's like yeah. an album for the masses, and then one <laughs> right. for me. Does it feel like Cloud Nothings does that a little bit? Um, it feels like it feels like um, Life Without a Sound was more poppy, more generally appealing. And then the more recent one was way heavier. It feels like Attack on Memory had more pop cuts. And then they went to... I, I, that's, but, a,
0: that's a really funny uh, comparison. One for us, one for them. I think that applies. I don't think it does for Cloud Nothings. Because actually on re-listen, yeah. I think a lot of these albums are actually a little more similar... Than we thought at the time,
1: uh, so like, I, I don't know because like, I was listening through but I mean, I know what you're saying, and I think and I don't mean that as a bad thing. It's not as simple as one for us, one for them. yeah I, it's, it's kind of like I feel like they oscillate between like like to me, life without a sound without sound,
0: life without sound
1: that album is kind of like what the brightest summaryest stuff was trying to be yeah. on on attack on memory and it feels like there's a kinship also between Last burning, last build, building burning, and um, here and nowhere here else, like a little heavier, darker, heavier, aggressive. darker. It Feels like the, it's like the mania
0: depression. And you know, I think polarity. we actually made this same comparison last year. If you look at the album covers, "Attack on Memory" and "Life Without we Sound" did. are both looking out on a coast, and then "Last Building Burning" and "Here and Nowhere Else" are like black and white, very stark imagery. So th-
1: this is a recycled take. It, it is a recycled new, take. New, new However, segment. New segment.
0: Uh, I think. Going back and listening to Last Building Burning and Life Without Sound over the last week or so has shown that there's actually a lot of growth, I think, songwriting-wise on those. And I remember for both, on first few handfuls of listens, neither of us were very taken. And it took a long time for us to come around to those because I think those are sneaky... like complex and difficult albums to like really sink your teeth into where attack on memory and here and nowhere else I think we're a lot more immediate yeah um but go ahead I want to say I've this just this past week I've gone back to their self-titled cloud nothings which came out in 2011 and then their 2010 debut turning on and I have to say, both of those are really good. I'm especially loving Turning On right now. It's like this lo-fi garage rock. It's like not quite what they would turn into. Yeah. But it's still this really good, like, snapshot of a band on the rise. Who's like, ooh, there's some interesting, like, stuff happening here. But it's not... Quite realized, or like they don't quite know what they're gonna be yet. Yeah, um, and then the other one that's interesting in the discography that I think gets forgot mm-hmm. about in a lot is this Waves and Cloud Nothings yeah. uh collaboration that came out in 2015 called No Life for Me. Yeah.
1: That's really good as well. It's really interesting to think that two bands
0: did that. I love that. That shit needs to happen more, yeah. I think, in rock music. Yeah, I, that's like a Gunna and Lil Baby album right there, it, Jake, but it like is just like just it. like. You know, punk
1: rock. Exactly. Yeah, and I I remember when that came out. I I liked that album a lot, actually, at the time. I
0: re-listened yesterday. I was like, oh, this holds up really well. There's some really good stuff on it. So the catalog Dylan Baldy's put together in the 2010s is actually really impressive. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. So let's go through our top ten... Jake. Top 10 Claude Nothing songs.
1: Do you want to start with your 10? Then my, I'll do 10. I then... will.
0: Yeah, I'll start with mine. So my 10, it was a three-way tie just because I wanted to give some shine to a couple of these different songs. Uh, so I have, you did a top 12. I did a top 12, yeah. I'm just, I'm so just tied, tied for Because there's
1: no one who does that more than <laughs>
0: I me. Mean, I know. We, we both do. It's a mainstay. My, my 10th spot is Leave Him Now from Last Building Burning, which I think was one of the standouts from that record. Along with Nervous which was my favorite track from that No Life For Me collaboration with Waves. And then the song Hey Cool Kid, which is, I think, one of the highlights off of Turning On, which is, like a re- like I said, that lo-fi garage rock. So those are, I-, I think, like three different good snapshot almost curiosities that I love from from the catalog. So those are all tied for 10th. My number nine, though, Jake, I think this is the best song on Last Building Burning is So Right So Clean. This is the second to last song on there. This one stood out to me from the jump, even though I think Last Building Burning took me a long time to get in. It took me until like, la- like the last week, basically, mm-hmm. to really get into that. But So Right So Clean has always been up there. Um, number eight is I'm Not Part of Me. This was kind of like the big single for me on uh, Here and Nowhere Else. It's the album Closer on that album. Um, and really, I think, speaks to, like, the hooks that Dylan Baldy is able to write. Um, my number seven, I have Psychic Trauma, which is also from Here and Nowhere Else. This song is super impressive because it starts off as one thing and then kicks into, like, high gear. There's so many speed There's changes. There's, like, speed it, changes yeah. and then he's just, like, screaming by the end of it. Yeah. Um, I think Cloud Nothings is a band that uses screaming in one of the best ways. Yeah. It's not on every song. It's not even on every other song. It's on like a quarter of the songs. And when it's there, it like really, really works. Or and I think really well. Psychic yeah. Trauma is a, a, a great example of that. Um, my number six, I have No Thoughts, which is probably actually my favorite from here and nowhere else. Um, I think Psychic Trauma, No Thoughts, and I'm Not Part of Me are actually all really, really good songs. I know you're maybe a little lower on here and nowhere else. I would challenge you to go back. I had an amazing listen to it yesterday.
1: This this is something that happens between you and I every year when we talk about Cloud Does it, Don't I always say this? You always say, listen again. Yes. And I usually do <laughs> once or twice. And I'm like, yep, like it's good. Right. It's definitely good.
0: I'm a little lower on it. Fair, fair. Uh, my number five is Cut You from uh, Attack on Memory. Um, This one, I feel like, doesn't get talked about a lot as a great Cloud Nothing song. I think this is one that you and I really like. Um, It's the album Closer on Attack on Memory. It always stood out to me. My number four is Stay Useless from uh, Attack on Memory as well. My number three, I have Modern Act from... Oh, Jake, what is the... uh, Life Life Without Without Sound. Sound. We always get tripped up on Life Without Sound. But I have Modern Act. I think that might actually be the best example of Dylan Baldy's pop. Prowess. Yeah. Uh. And then my number two is Enter Entirely. Also from Life Without Sound. The way this song builds and the different sections of it is really impressive. And I think it's a great representation of Cloud Nothings and Dylan Baldy still like keeping the energy that has always been there, but also layering in some like actually really impressive songwriting. Yeah. Uh, and then my number one, and this is going to rank highly on my best songs of 2010 playlist, Jake. Is no future, no past. The album opener on Attack on Memory, the way that this song builds is like nothing else. It's got like that little piano, Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of like lulls you in. You're like, oh, I I know what this song is gonna be. It's just like kind of a you know gentle intro track, and then those drums come crashing in at the end, and he's screaming, "No future, no past." That song like still gives me goosebumps. It's great. It's on another fucking level. And the drumming, not only on Attack on Memory in that song, but I think across their entire catalog is like no other band. And I do not think gets talked about enough. No. The sound of just those like the snare hitting is like you feel it.
1: There's a song on my list where the drums are a major reason why it made it on there. Um My list number ten, things are right with you. Um I think that Life Without Sound is Overrepresented on my list, in, or or would have been more if I included songs like Internal World or Up to the Surface, which were like kind of like honorable mentions for me. Yeah. I feel like for some reason that album is really really big for me in their discography, yeah. like disproportionately so. Some people would probably say it's their worst album. I don't feel that way. I what would you say is? Well, I haven't listened to the first two.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I would say of their four,
1: since see, I need more time with less building, burning. Yeah. I need like it's really good. I still need to like have the second little. Come back to it and yeah. really understand it's it really in good. full. I'm not prepared to make that statement sure. yet. about what I think okay. is the worst. What do you think is the worst?
0: Um, I think their 2011 self titled okay, is of the four? worst. Of, oh, of the four? Uh, Probably Last Building Burning. Okay. But that's also, again, because it's so new still. Yeah. So it, by default. But it is really good.
1: Okay, so if things are right with you, it's the second track off of that album. Uh, really really catchy I think this this album is full of all kinds of songs that were like
0: like quietly catchy and earworms then, yeah
1: and then as you listen to it more and more you're and like more, how
0: did I not realize how catchy this was that Things Are Right With You is the perfect example of that yeah it really comes across with
1: repeat listens number 9 um, I've I'm Not Pardon Me from uh, Here Nowhere Else uh, same reasons you said exactly Um, I think it, it's my favorite song on there and like there's there's plenty of good stuff on that album it's just like This is my only entry on my list from it, Um, Mm. and you know what? I'll I'll go back again. I just for some really good, yeah, it's good. I just something about it just is never. I don't know. Doesn't stick with me as much as some other stuff. Uh, Number eight, leave him now. uh, The second track on "Last Building Burning." immediately stuck with me. The leave him now hook thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end when he starts screaming, yeah. leave him now. That's a great example of the Dylan Baldy scream yes. on on now when he yes. really holds that out and it gets more intense with each
0: one. And that's something I wanted to mention about So Right, So Clean. There's a great there's a great mm. scream on that one too where he really lets like the rawness like yeah. hang there for a second. Really like it.
1: Uh, number seven is where I put No Future No Past. Mm. It's Awesome. All the reasons you said, I can't speak to it better than you already yeah. did. It, it it builds to what is a, a really, an awesome album. And a. And the, it, 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 I will say it set me up to think the album was more like sort of post-rock than mm-hmm. I, it actually really yep. is. But I feel like it's sort of a suite with the second track, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, number six, I Have Cut You, which mm-hmm. I think is like one of the like, sort of like purely poppiest little songs yeah. he ever wrote he kind of I was listening to it today it, it's almost sort of like reminds me of 60s rock with a lot of distortion and like in more punk sensibilities around it um, number five Wasted Days the second track off of um, Attack on Memory uh, love the way this song builds and in, in a similar way to the way he's screaming the no future no past refrain um, when he's goes from singing and kind of like monotone droning I thought I would be more than this mm. into when that song builds into the again it's the drumming yep. has a lot to do with it when it crashes in and every the whole band kicks back in and he's screaming i thought I would be more yeah. than this i thought I would be more than
0: this this song is sick what then, a way to start that album between those two songs yeah and
1: it has this whole middle section jam thing yep. number four this is a weird one but it's one that's always been really important to me is separation it's the, it's actually an instrumental track yeah. on attack on memory the drums have almost everything to do with it yep. this song has yeah, so much true. energy oh, yep. so much energy i've always thought that this would be the perfect i've probably said it before in this podcast said it before to you um i think it's the per- it would be like the perfect soundtrack for like a bank heist scene in a movie yes like of yeah. people like pulling up to the bank yep. pulling on their fu- like the yep. way it picks up and there's like different tension points yeah. in the song where shit's maybe going wrong and then it all resolves at the end in that awesome
0: like. I, f- that's a great point, and I've forgotten that you've made that point before. Dude, so I'm happy you did it. I just
1: think that this song, like, because I think what I like about Separation so much is it has all the energy of the Cloud Nothing songs. And as much as I love what Dylan Baldy does, you can impose whatever you want on this song. Yeah, you're just like okay, like this is setting the scene for something here. <laughs> right, right. I love that about this song, and it just it, it really, really fucking goes. Like, it and does. the drummer is insane on parts oh, of God. this. Um, number three. Modern Act, Um, I think the one of the most purely sort of like catchy songs he's ever written. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, I have "Stay Useless" uh, from Attack on Memory, for similar reasons to why you listed it. And number one, I actually put in "Enter Entirely," and with with three, two, and one, I rearranged them many different ways. I actually think I had all of them at one at a different point. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, And ultimately decided to enter entirely. there was a point where i had modern act ahead of it and what yep. i did was i listened to each and i realized that something about the pace enter entirely moves at the guitar solos in it um, just the to- the sound of the guitar on it it's a li- it's like a little more laid back yeah. than some of the other stuff um it just really really does it for me so yeah it's it's interesting it's a great pick. how represented that album is i know yeah it
0: is i um for me, i had about two from each i think i ended up having three from uh here and nowhere else um yeah but yeah i mean great catalog from this band i I, honestly it's so re listenable too like i've been listening to them a ton just hearing us talk about these songs made me be like oh i want to listen to all of these again yeah so great great band incredibly consistent i don't think they get enough attention and you made a good note here how we not seen this band live for as much as we love them and it's like as many shows as we've been to yeah. over the past, you know, decade, it's actually crazy we haven't seen a band we love this much.
1: Especially for a band who's who's released so many albums and how much of their catalog we know and love. Yeah. It's crazy to think that we haven't gone. Maybe we gotta try and see them at some point. I think we should. Um Did you have anything else on that? I did not. Alright, so recommendation of the week. I have one here it's related to something I mentioned before. It's it, it, People should listen to this Jenny Lewis album um, on the line. I have been really, really getting into it. I think it's excellent. Um, and, like, I think you, we were talking about it earlier and you asked me what my favorite song was. Yeah. And I gave you,
0: like, six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you did the Jake thing where you list the entire album, I which also, I love. I was
1: also in a meeting when I got ah. that. And I was just like, uh, I'm going <laughs> you know, like, to type as many of these as I remember loving as I can. All three of the first tracks, particularly Red Bull and Hennessy. Yeah. Um. I also really like the opening track, which heads uh, heads will roll. Heads are gonna roll. Yep. I forget heads gonna roll. Yeah. Dozy Doe is another good song. Yeah.
0: Little White Dove. So I, I also really like this album. Actually, I, when I first listened to it, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, like this is a good like singer songwriter album. Today in particular, I had like my best listen to it. And I really listened to the ones that you had mentioned. And uh, do Doe is probably my favorite. Red Bull and Hennessy is great. There's a couple... I don't... Okay. Th- this is not Jenny Lewis's fault. This is my own fault. I don't like when people make a Mercury and retrograde joke. It really bothers what me. What about that reference. specifically? People at work say this. When, like, things are going wrong, they're like, oh, did you know Mercury's in retrograde? And oh. I'm like, oh, really? I have ne- So, on on Wasted Youth, or Head's Gonna Roll, I forget which, I think it's Wasted Youth, I, like, that line really takes me out of it, which is not fair, like, at all. It's, it's a, very it, interesting. It's a weird thing, but, like, um, yeah. There's, the songwriting on here is impeccable, though. I think um, this, remi- you know what, I think this... Is this year's version of Golden Hour? I was thinking.
1: I was thinking the same thing. Oh, for me, I I was thinking a similar. It has has a similar vibe. Yeah,
0: but I think I just know this is going to be like an album for you. Yeah, and it's not going to be as much for me. Have you
1: just already made that decision?
0: No, I actually because like today I was like, oh, this is actually like I think I found like a better way in ride that. But that's um, what it's all about, man. Yeah, no, that's true because it is a good album. It is a good album. Yeah. And I, I, think sometimes, I have been
1: I think it. sometimes we're both guilty of just making a decision. Yes. And
0: just deciding, this is where I'm going to stand. This is where my flag has been planted. Yes, we do. Because there's too much music out there to really like... And this is why, Jake, the 2010s in review segment has been so helpful. Yeah. Because we can go back and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. I have grown.
1: So what I was going to say also about this album is I think there's like... You mentioned singer songwriter. There's some cool alt country vibes on here. Some pop rock, um, some very '70s rock sounding stuff. I, in particular, on Red Bull and and Hennessy, I get a vibe of both Fleetwood Mac Mm -hmm. and Kate Bush in spots. Like Mm -hmm. the way she sings on, like I think it's the bridge or some like post chorus thing. Um, Really, really interesting album. I just think it's it's definitely worth a listen uh, for sure for uh, for people out there.
0: Uh, Let's wrap up this week, Jake, with a release radar for April 5th, uh, this coming Friday. We may end up looking back on April 5th, 2019, as an all-time collection of releases between this new Wise Blood album, Titanic Rising, which has a 95 on Metacritic, and I've been obsessed, and I mean obsessed... With the three singles that have come out. Really, really good. Movies, and Andromeda, and everything. If the rest of the album is even half as good as those songs, we have like an album of the year on our hands. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like that's the way people are writing about yeah. it too. These three songs are great. So good. Seems so like she's got a real vision yeah, for this thing. I am very excited for that. Also, Titanic Rising. Such a cool album name. Holy fuck. The album cover is great too. Dude, do, do you know the story behind that too? No. The album cover? No. So, it's like a... Her underwater in, like, a bedroom, basically, she actually, like, arranged all that shit underwater in a pool in Los Angeles or something. And then did, like, the album shoot. And they had to do it in this window of three hours before all of, like, the, the like, objects that they had sunk and placed in the room had gotten, like, too swollen with water to, like, do it anymore. Whoa! So, like, that is an actual, like art piece that they put at the bottom of this
1: fucking pool. This this would be a great, great album to buy on vinyl. Yeah. If I mean if it's as good as the three songs, which I just think it will be. I, yeah. Um talk about us making a decision.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Um but it's also a great album cover. Yeah. This would be a cool piece to I, put up. I completely agree. So I have a lot of high hopes for this album. The other couple, two I what I think are also gonna be great rock albums, Jake, PUP Morbid stuff. One of the podcast's favorite bands. You know, I've been so excited about this Wise Blood album, I kind of forgot that Pup was even coming out this week. Okay, I want to talk
1: about something with this too, and then we'll
0: get to the third one.
1: There's, there's a tough, there's sort of a. So Friday has become an interesting music listening day for me because, yeah. like, ex- this tomorrow I will listen to all three of these albums, and and Pup and Wise Blood are very, very different. I already know the mood I'm going to be in, and it's going to be for the wise blood stuff. Yeah. And I know that that will negatively impact
0: my first listen to Pup, because I will just want to be... Maybe don't listen to Pup yeah. until you're in the mood. Maybe when like, you're going for a run, or like... Put it, you it know, off. Do, just put
1: it off. Yeah.
0: Put it off. That's that totally fine. The other one that we have here, Jake, is this new Priest's album, The Seduction of Kansas. Some cool album names this week. Now, this Priest's album, we talked about a couple of the singles over the last couple weeks... Good Time Charlie and the titular And Charlie track. Don't Surf. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Um, I'm excited for this one too, especially since I was able to get more into that uh, first Priest album and I actually think that's like a really great album. So I'm excited for all three of these. Um, big Music Day. Let's hope it lives up to the hype. The billing. That's right.
1: Yeah. April 5th, a day that will live in uh, fame. Infamy is it, negative. It might just be another day. Who knows? Yeah. Man, if we could both die tonight. Yeah. Who knows? Could. Could. If one of us died tonight, the other probably would just give it like whatever killed one of us is probably That's uh, probably true. Yeah, it yeah, probably just take the other out. That's probably true. I mean, unless I got hit
0: by a bus on my way home. True. Right, 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 right. Which we
1: hope happens to none of you
0: listeners. So have It'd be a good be pretty, uh, uh like fucked up to listen back to this if you if had I die. In, in the next week. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that would be crazy. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope not. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll be talking Wise Blood, Priest, Pup, etc., etc. We'll see you then. Thanks, everyone.
1: Just talking before uh, we hit live air. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah. Now. J- just now. Just we're, right. now. We're we're now broadcasting to the masses, <laughs> and who better equipped than us? Sean, a couple of disc jockey, <laughs> you know, a couple old hands on the mics. <laughs> No arguments there. No, no arguments there. And in our era, any two idiots with fucking 150 bucks for a
0: microphone can do this. And a SoundCloud unlimited account. Yep,
1: that's all it costs. for The internet is yours. Hey, to... it's
0: a yearly rate, though, people.
1: So what were we talking about? The Ringer uh, podcast. Uh, live podcast. podcast. I don't like them. I no, think they suck. So the, sometimes the podcast itself can still be good. I've realized what I don't like about them, which is that I don't like... The jarring applause that Me comes in—that's the biggest thing—is like when the when it starts, I actively dread the cheers. I do too. Like when they're like, "Hey, welcome to," and people are like cheering, it's—I get very bit into a rhythm with podcasts and like where they are levels-wise, and the way like how I react to—I know what I'm expecting, and when it's live, so, I don't know what to expect.
0: I don't like that the crowd being there subtly changes the content of the podcast. The dynamic. And yeah, like the people inevitably end up pandering to the crowd a little bit. Either they try and be funnier than they usually are and they really force it or the, like the crowd reaction really gets in their head and they're like pausing for applause or whatever. It like really throws off the flow Yeah, and I don't like them.
1: So really quick, while we're on podcasts with The Ringer, I, I really like The Ringer. I like all, like a lot of the stuff they do. They're great. I listen to a lot of their podcasts. So, Simmons, it's very much a Simmons and, by extension, Ringer thing to, like, shoehorn in NBA comparisons Mm. to, like, non-NBA things. I kind of like it,
0: though. Uh, But it's because I'm an NBA fan.
1: I get it. Okay. I like it, but sometimes they do it just to do it, and it's not that well thought through. Right. Right. I don't have an example, but it's like, it's there. Simmons did one. I don't remember what it was. It was like yeah, on his Monday this is podcast. Like, this is like Joel Embiid. He made some comparison, dude. And I that guy's a monster. He, I legitimately was like, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're talking about with that comparison. I had to go back and find it. But it's like, you don't need to always be...
0: I think for him, it makes sense because he's such an NBA guy. Yeah, I get it. And he makes those... By the seat of his pants, comparisons to things all the time. I actually think it's really funny and endearing. I think and I kind of like that they're not thought through at all and it's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> like he literally just, because I do that with yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Well, May, in my own brain, this maybe works. And then you say it out loud and you're like, oh, I guess I like should have thought that through. Should have thought all. through like, any of the angles. <laughs>
1: right. Um, there was, yeah, on, oh, what was it? It's just, I don't know, man, like when people write into binge mode and stuff, it's like, which one of, who's Dion Waiters in the Harry Potter universe? Who's on Waiters Island? <laughs> Sorry. No one! <laughs> what the fuck are you talking
0: about? Actually, Jake, the Dion Waiters of, of, Harry Potter. of the Harry Potter world would be like Justin Finch Fletchley from Hufflepuff. I don't because know. like, he has minimal... Page time, minimal screen. It's Cedric, time. is it though? Yeah, it's in, Cedric,
1: and the whole thing with 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 Dion that he comes in, he makes a bunch of shots, yeah. and then he like but kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah, yeah. It actually, and he's not that great, really. Yeah, I don't know, but people love Cedric. They always loved he. Was... Cedric was like, but I guess you could say like, Goblet of Fire was a heat check for him, and then it was. Like... and they would say that, right. Maybe, Jake, we have a whole future Harry Potter loose NBA connection podcast in our future.
1: Did you, let me ask you did you finish binge mode yet?
0: No. I'm still know? in the, like, I'm at the ministry raid or like ministry oh, wow. thing of Hallows.
1: You're really putting it off. I've been busy, man. No, I've I, been busy. I, Dude, you, I my, you're...
0: you know what's weird? Like I've been very busy. You know what has exploded for me in terms of like content um, consumption is just music listening. Yeah, my last FM like listens over the last month or so
1: has yeah. been fertile.
0: I've never listened to more music in a month than I did in March. Good for you. Listen over th- over three thousand scrabbles, Jake. You know how many scrabbles I had in the entire year last year? Twenty.
1: You did twenty scrabbles. I
0: did a f- uh, like a sixth. Of my listening all last year in one month this year.
1: Oh, Oh, twenty thousand! I thought you were making some joke. No, no, like no, I no, did no. Twenty no. Scrabble's. Total. Twenty thousand.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I did over three in one month. I mean, like this doesn't matter, obviously, well, but it like, matters to you. It's, it's interesting to compare. I've like I'll have days where I'm just like it's just it's a lot. And I've you've... basically all but stopped listening to podcasts other than like Simmons and the occasional like other episode of other shit here and there. Do you think you'll swing back the other way at any point? Oh, at some point, I'm sure. But, like, this has been a great music year. I'm riding the music wave right now. That's and, good. Like, that's what I'm, like, locked in with.
1: I've, I've found that I need... It's weird. It's like as, as much as I love music, and I obviously do very much, I need something else hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I need, like, a different thing to listen
0: to. Yeah. I, I, mean, I know but, what you mean, because I mean, I've, I've gone, gone through those moods.
1: I, but it's a rhythm with me. i mean, this
0: rhythm where, like, I... Yeah. I like. I really. Seems like you exclusively listen at work to music, almost uh, exclusively. Not well, exclusively. not. I mean, in the car, but like, if you're at
1: home, are you listening to music? Um, less. If I'm reading, I'll listen to music okay. at home. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times when I'm at home, I'm watching TV or something, right. or right. I'm like going and doing
0: something. Right. I don't know. Uh, I have a fucking life. That's not what I. That's not what I mean. What <laughs> I, mean. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know, man. Just like, well, I think it's an interesting. Uh, like we were talking last week about. How you said, Sean, you have no problem just playing music wherever. That's a piece of it too where it's like if I'm doing stuff, I'll go out of my way to like put music on while doing it in yeah. a lot of cases.
1: Yeah. I It's interesting. It's like, I don't know, but just like a creature of habit. And sometimes like it takes me like – I just have fallen into the rhythm of like when I listen to podcasts, when I listen to music, what are the settings I do that. Mm. And – um. Some once in a while, I can be like, "Oh yeah, you can just do whatever you want, dude. You can listen to like if you're not in the mood to listen to like th- this podcast right now, right. if you don't feel like finishing like the last third of this Rosillo podcast, right? Or like the, the second half of this stuff you should know about like panda bears. <laughs> yeah, you can feel free to like listen to a couple songs, right? You know,
0: you more than anyone I know are like gotta finish it or like need to do it in this way now." I mean, I'm like that too, but yeah. not to... The, like. I don't think to the same. Extent.
1: I think you also take... You relish... I think you relish in getting in a groove like this. Like, oh, I
0: really do. To a degree where... I'm like, at my best I get, self.
1: I always get the sense that... And like this isn't bad or good. I get the sense that you're proud of it. I am. Yeah, I am. No, I really You're am. like happy with it. I am.
0: Because it's like... That's what I want to be doing all the time. I was I was legitimately disappointed in myself last year with, like, how much I was able to listen to. Right. And, and yeah. And you, I was, like, bummed about it. I was like, wow, that wasn't, like, you know, usually you're enjoying music a lot more. It probably has something to do with being, like, massively depressed for, like, the entire year. But, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting
1: water. Free show. No one cares. Um,
0: but, you know, that's a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I do relish in the listening to music here. Okay, here here's something for you.
1: Again, I, I like that's not bad or good. I just want to confirm.
0: Oh no, that's definitely a thing. My suspicion, which is that definitely. I think
1: I think you do take pride in it. Definitely.
0: Here's something for you. It was April Fool's Day. Yeah. This past week,
1: does anyone care anymore so about April Fools? Here's what I'll say. I saw I saw this on the agenda, and I have I have some thoughts. I also like you hate branded April Fools' Day.
0: Be- okay, because like to my eye. April Fools has become a way for brands on social media to do wacky stuff, Jake. Oh, we're coming out with a blah 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 blue. Yeah, it's like April Fools. Oh, we're we humanized our brand.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very not here for that. Right. I saw that Spotify did the disco cover weekly, which I thought was like kind of funny. Didn't even see that. I never checked that playlist. No. So I wouldn't have known, but what they did is instead of Discover Weekly, they did Disco Cover. Added another C O, yep. so everything is a cover of a disco. Okay. It's a disco cover of like a thing you'd listen to. Just like interesting, but for, like for me, it's not like I'm like always relying on this or <laughs> something, man. What I like, <laughs> yeah. what I like is um, I do appreciate though like a good actual prank, and I like. I was, what like when I was at work, nothing happened. No one did anything at right. work, and I didn't. I don't have the fucking energy to do an April Fool's Day thing. God no. But Mary Kate was telling me that at work, people were pranking each other left and right. Really? Yeah. She got like she she's like her coworkers like taped down the speaker function on her phone, and she was all flustered like oh, trying to talk to customers. That's actually and that's line. Like pretty funny. And she was like, "Why can't I get this on speaker?"
0: <laughs> but like if that happened to me. I'd actually be kind of like. Pissed. I think she was. Down. I think yeah, she I'd was. be like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah,
1: like I'm just trying to do my fucking job. So she said she she like maxed out the font on one of their yeah. computer displays and like flipped it upside down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like you can't come back from that, really. Which I thought was pretty good.
1: Yeah. I don't know, like I so I I think part of me appreciates the spirit of it from from that perspective but I have, it
0: can be I think it can be taken too far
1: yeah I, I have there's like the speakerphone thing I would not have been happy no. with i would be very upset um, but like you know I was a kid and like Mimi would come in and wake me up I, this, I don't know if I've referenced her on the podcast before that's my grandmother Ooh, big friend of the pod a big friend of the pod I don't think she knows what a podcast is necessarily Or has ever listened. Maybe if you're listening, write in. She
0: listens to every episode. Write of his heart. The language is a little (laughs) little, vulgar.
1: Yeah. Um, Like, she'd prank me on April Fool's Day when I wouldn't be expecting. She'd be like, Jake, the Celtics traded Paul Pierce. (laughs) I woke up. Like, what? What the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? That's great. It's just such a cute, innocent, like, April Fool's. That's really She'd pull that shit on me. Um, So I have a... There's a soft spot in my heart for the actual holiday. Like, in the way that, like... Spongebob loves it in in Spongebob Yeah, but it can be taken too far and brands are Squidward Yeah, like cynically using the holiday to fuck with because the actual thing it's like yeah it has a better gimmick than most
0: fucking holidays Mm. and it's not a holiday even it's just a day no and I think that's my problem or why I think it doesn't matter is because it's like this random day we just have it's not even it's not a holiday it's not like that's
1: what any like event is though is a random day.
0: I mean, except your birthday.
1: That was <laughs> that is the day you were born.
0: Yeah, I mean, like Christmas. July so Fourth is the day. Easter is at least based in some kind of religious tradition. Some very
1: strange calendar.
0: But that that, that dude
1: Easter spans so wildly. It's like oh, a full yeah. month span. Yeah, what's Easter up with can that? Fall in. It's like some it's in fucking March. Why is
0: that? Are you like me,
1: anti-March
0: Easter? Um, no, I actually kind of like it because it throws everything. Everyone's like, ooh, early Easter this year. I'm like, yeah, fuck Easter. Yeah. Like,
1: e- e- <laughs> Easter? Fuck your
0: Easter egg hunt. I hope it's blizzarding.
1: Yeah, I don't like Easter. I I, I just, in the, in the <clears> name <throat> of, like, tradition, I just prefer an April Easter. <laughs> I'm probably not about think, a May Easter, Jake. There's never been one. Really? Yeah, it's, I think it's only ever March and April.
0: <sighs> okay, I remember one. I think we were juniors in high school. It must have been late April or something. Because I remember it being like legitimate. The Celtics were in the playoffs, and I remember it being like 70 degrees out.
1: Okay, possible list of
0: Easter. Oh my God. Go like just say Easter 2009. Put that in.
1: Here, look, 2010. Maybe, maybe it can be May. 2010. I'm going to put in latest Easter. Latest Easter. 2009? 2009.
0: Maybe. Yeah, two thousand nine. This isn't right. This is Sunday, April first. You know what, Jake? Really... I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the reins here. You're gonna do that? I'm looking up a different Easter two thousand nine. Sunday, April twelfth. Okay, that seems it was probably unseasonably warm that day.
1: Yeah, okay. I just don't think it's ever been in May, but I don't know for
0: sure. Like, I'm not like someone who. Okay, you're probably right. Although, yeah. dude, like, I you know. Okay. Has Easter ever been in May?
1: Latest Easter can be. Let's see. Okay, in 1943, Easter fell on Sunday, April 25th. The ecclesiastical full moon didn't occur (laughs) until Sunday, March 20th, because it came before the vernal equinox. (laughs) The paschal full moon didn't happen until Sunday, April 18th. Consequently, Easter was the following Sunday, April 25th. Those are, are... Inscrutable
0: reasons. <laughs> the Pentecostal calendar, though. Like,
1: dude, it, this is all—it's like based on like fucking like pagan
0: moon <laughs>
1: shit. As far as I know, it makes no sense. No one knows why Easter is what it is. No. It's like, oh yeah, this year Easter is uh, fucking March third. Why? Why? <laughs>
0: what the fuck? <laughs> and now I have to do Easter. Like, fuck Easter. Easter sucks. Easter bums me out for some reason. I have I get like a wave of springtime depression during, on Easter. You know, on Easter just know,
1: on Easter. I know why it is. It's because a beautiful spring day is wasted doing shit. Yeah, Easter on like
0: shit. church and activities and that you don't oh, care haven't about. Oh, I don't even gone to church in years. But, but it's like, like
1: it's it's just like, oh I've like
0: I don't know, it just it's, I gotta like eat ham that like my mom made. Yeah, and not... I don't like ham. No. I, I, and there's going to be way too many leftovers because, like, no one actually likes it. And everyone had, like, one slice to one be, slice like, of polite. Honey baked yeah. With like spiral ham. Just take some ham home. Like, no.
1: <laughs> I used to love ham. Yeah. Like, it's when, too much. When I was of a certain age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I aged out of it. Now I don't eat the stuff, but I. Right. I. Uh, uh, I mean, if I went back, I'd try it again, see where mm. I'm at with it. I probably would be right where I was. It's just, it's too fucking salty all the time. Yeah, it's too much. With that ham. It's too much. It's too much. I don't know. The pig is a versatile creature, though, in oh. terms of, like, the meat it makes. Bacon.
0: Ever, had, ever heard of it? Uh, bacon. Yeah.
1: Bacon and then ham. <laughs> <laughs> really touching all the bases And there. pork rinds, man. Never had one. I actually don't think I ever Never did either. Never saw it. What, what else... Pigs make all kinds of
0: shit, right? Uh, hot dogs.
1: Yeah, well, except like, I think that's kind of like this myth propagated by cartoons because mm. mostly if you ever have a hot dog, it's beef, dude. That's a good point. Yeah. All beef franks. That's true. I don't think I've ever had a pork hot dog.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Oh,
1: pork, like pork chops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Pork chops and yeah. ham are different cuts.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. As far um, as I know. I think, I think those are the big ones right there. Yep, and bacon. Bacon, yeah. Well...
1: We solved it. I don't we, really know what the our, fuck we're our talking about. Our pre-show,
0: after shows have become very indulgent <laughs> lately. <laughs> It's like which I I actually appreciate and like. It doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's we like, go through these phases where we're bloated, like late seventies rock band. We're like, ooh, we're like seeing the it how for how it is. We'll both
1: find the end, man. <laughs> right. Just keep like, rolling. Let's not even. Let, this will be the take. This is the take. <laughs> no matter what. We're just gonna keep going. Like we're gonna we're gonna find it together. That's like what we do. Thirty minutes later, we're still riffing on the same <laughs> yeah. like two note lick. <laughs> we're like, ooh. Catholic guilt and depression, dude. Like that's the thing is that's formed most of our point uh, I, I of know, view.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. And like that's what you could probably rename the after show pre show. Catholic it, guilt and Catholic depression. Guilt. If Jake, if we had a, a band, it'd be called like Catholic guilt depression. Or no, something.
1: Catholic guilt and depression would be the name of our first album. Yeah. 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 Of, yeah. Or of like an EP, but I think an album yeah. or a song name. Yeah. Something would be named that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Catholic. <laughs> At I, I, leads I Red Bull and Hennessy. That's right, exactly. That's our version. Uh, speaking of, let's jump in. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one.